go to kcou.fm to listen live. Check us out on facebook.com slash kcou88.1 and on Twitter at twitter.com slash kcou. Hello, welcome to Concerto, episode two of the Wrestling Talk here. I'm back with Hal. I'm Cameron, your other co-host of this show. And we got quite an interesting show to go into here. Yeah, we sure do. We're coming off of a lot of uh, big events this week. Of course, we have our regular weekly wrestling programs that we're on, your Dynamite, Rampage, SmackDown, Raw, but also Crown Jewel from Saudi Arabia, and uh, just a little bit of news from New Japan. Yeah, a little bit of news from uh, New Japan with... uh, a returning star there for them, and Crown Jewel, like you said, happened went down yesterday at noon here in the states. So a start time I will never ever be used to in my entire life. <laughs> it was funny because uh, I remember talking about this uh, Wednesday night with a couple people. They're like, "Oh, you know, biggest show, biggest match in WWE probably this year with Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns happening at noon on a Thursday." Yeah, at noon on a Thursday, as we all expected, really. I, it caught me by surprise every time it does, because I was going, oh no, I just got out of class and Crown Jewel's on. Yep, yep, but uh, anyways, I guess we should just go right into talking about what happened on Friday Night SmackDown this past week. And it was a, I would say an up and down show. I mean, they were on FS1, they ran 30 minutes over into Rampage, um, commercial free, mind you. So. You'd think that would have paid off, wouldn't you? You'd think it would have paid off in the ratings, right? Yeah. But overall, FS, uh, SmackDown and FS1 did beat overall ratings of Rampage, but Rampage beat SmackDown in the head-to-head in the first 30 minutes when they overlapped. Uh, to put this into perspective for everybody, they, uh, SmackDown was running the uh, contract signing, I believe, with yes. Brock and uh, Roman Reigns. And we had CM Punk and Matt, Di- uh, Matt Seidel on the other side. Yeah, and, uh, well, in the demo... Punk won. Punk yeah. won by far. On the uh, when the next match came on, it was Ruby Soho and uh, who was she facing? Ruby Soho, uh, the Bunny. She's yes, facing the bunny. the bunny. Yes, and uh, that tied the contract signing in the demo, which was shocking. Yes, very shocking. You'd think they would have tuned over because at least by then you think Becky and uh, Sasha would have been starting up yes. by then. And no, they, they it was a tie between. Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns and the Bunny and Ruby yep. Soho. That's got to be a feather in the cap to Ruby Soho, really. Yeah, Ruby Soho. I mean, the Bunny, too. I mean, you looked at her in-ring work. She definitely improved from her days as Allie and Impact. I touched on that last week. She's she's very much improved. I, I really wish they could let her character work shine, though, because it yes. was brilliant in Impact. And if she's got the work rate in the ring much better now. She's really... As much as people have given grief to the women's division in AEW, it is constantly improving. It is constantly improving. And then I think one thing with WWE, um, it's kind of just we see the same old, same old in WWE with the women's division. But uh, we could definitely talk more on that. But uh, SmackDown, uh, I believe the show started out with a fiery promo from Edge. Um, I mean, talking about the storyline from seven years ago, you know, um, when Seth had to bring back the authority, um, he threatened to, you know, curb stop Edge. And that that's kind of just good tie-in with the story right there. It, honestly, I felt like that's what they needed to do all like together because that was where I thought this tie-in would be. That Seth Rollins nearly just decided, I'm going to end Edge right here because I want the authority back. Yep. But it, it felt like the authority had just kind of been the afterthought of the entire uh, storyline so far up to this yep. point. Yep. So that, that was a nice little... Um, 
a little throwback there from seven years ago. Um, what else happened? Uh, the talks about the Universal title picture and how Rollins did screw Edge over in that portion. Uh, another good touch there. It talked about the garden um, when Edge got, you know, stretchered out. And it, it was basically just promoting the match, and Edge came off as real, came off as authentic, even though you could tell it was a scripted promo, but it came off as real. I mean, that's what Edge's specialty is. He always makes it feel real. He's felt when he's a real bad guy, he's a real bad guy. Yeah. And this time he came off as a guy looking for some real revenge, and that's what you expect out of Edge. That's what he brings that a lot of guys kind of don't bring anymore. Yes, that's, that's very true. I mean, he's just... Even that look in his eye when he cuts those promos, that fiery look, it's just, Edge still has it. I mean, I, I mean I'm going to say that his work on Vikings when he had yes. left, it was brilliant. I think he's brought over that acting shops over to WWE again, and he's not missing a beat. He's not. I mean, it, honestly, when you compare Edge's entrance to what AEW does to CM Punk when he comes out to commentate, that's basically SmackDown CM Punk right there when you look at it. Oh, absolutely. It's, it, it, the similarities are there all together. Granted, the... Uh, circumstances revolving around why they're gone so long yes very little di- they're very different but honestly the love the fans have for them not different at all they love both of them definitely uh next up was uh sammy zane and finn balor i believe it was a semi-final match of the king yes. of the tournament yeah i think it was a semi-final and uh you know we've seen that match so many times yes but we know it's going to be good we know what yeah. we're getting from these two we know they're both great workers but we've seen it a thousand times like yeah you gotta yeah, stop hitting us with the same matchup every single time. Yes. I mean, is it, I can't. I'd love to watch Austin versus CM Punk, but if you put it on every week, I would still get sick of it after yes. a while. Yes, you very much would. Um, I believe Finn picked up the win there with the coup de raw. Um, one thing I noticed while watching it, he kind of there was a little botch with the coup de raw at the end. Um, kind of landed his butt on Sami Zayn as opposed to his feet, so there was a little botch there, but. Outside of that, the match was great. Maybe he was a little scared that the turnbuckle was going to break again. Yes. <laughs> There's your uh, outfit. Poor Finn in his booking. It's just not the best. <laughs> um, I believe it was Sonya Deville playing the heel boss against Naomi in a surprise handicap match. With Stunning. <laughs> Shayna Baszler. <laughs> of course there was a twist. You knew there was going to be a twist. So how does Shayna Baszler connect with Sonya Deville? Because I'm pretty sure this is one of the few interactions we've had between them. Uh, I, I would assume I'm going to give him the kayfabe here, the William Regal explanation. Just one heel and another heel. Um, there's a payment. Shayna likes getting paid, and Shayna <laughs> likes hurting people. I think you could explain it there, but I, they didn't explain that. Of course, yeah. you're supposed to think it. I, I don't know. I, I just wish they would tell the story instead of making me assume. Because you treat the audience so dumb, but also smart. Doesn't make sense. Yes, I mean. I don't think anyone's interested in this feud here. I mean, Sonya as, like, the you know, the bad guy boss, like Vince, basically, just doesn't work for me. I miss Shayna, in the, uh, not Shayna, I miss Sonya in the ring. Yes. She's fun in the ring, and I'm glad her, like, character work gets to shine, yes. but I want to see her back in a wrestling capacity. Yes, that is definitely true. I just, I don't know what it, I don't know if I like her as, like, a heel general man. I don't know. I just don't know. It just it, doesn't come off as... I think they wanted, like, a yin to Adam Pierce's yang, where Adam yeah. Pierce is just like, he's not a, he's definitely not a heel, that's for sure. Yeah. He's pretty much as impartial of a face authority figure we've seen. Yes, very much is. Um, um, I believe, what was it, Sonya did get the win here after, basically, Shayna destroys Naomi. That's not a good look for Naomi, who's been wanting to get booked 
and you got booked in a match basically against Shayna Baszler. Yes. And then got destroyed. That's not a great look. Another bad booking. Just it's, it's rampant within yep. WWE. And then uh, Zelina Vega beat Carmella in the semifinal for the Queen's Crown that basically is getting no time and no one really cares about because it's getting no time. It got l- 10 less minutes than the uh, later match we'll discuss that was an absolute classic, that open crown jewel. Yes. The total tournament time was 10 minutes less. Yep. So that's just there. Uh, I'm surprised they didn't put Carmella over. I was surprised by that. Um, putting I... Selena Vega over definitely does a lot more for Selena Vega. At this point in her career, I definitely need something because I didn't take her serious as a heel. Gives her something to take, basically take her serious now. She she needed this, and I she wouldn't have needed this if they had not had her lose every match since she came back. Yes, like she she needs this these victories, but it's weird seeing her win now. Yeah, and then uh, next up was the Happy Corbin show with. What is this? I love every Nakamura coming in with boogs and just entering an exit. I everything around Baron Corbin in the last three months has been a little bit underrated gold in terms of just comedy. I mean, let's not forget Pat McAfee's old name yeah. for good old Baron Corbin. Oh my god! And now he's Happy Corbin. I love that Happy Corbin, Happy Corbin, and. Yeah, it's great. Overall, don't didn't really care for this segment. I I, I love Shinsuke Nakamura and Boogs, but what was that? It's a, half the things in this whole that in this whole feud has just been, hey, can we laugh at Baron Corbin for a while? Now yes. he's happy again. He's happy, but we're still gonna laugh at him. Still laugh. I just love that they entered a dance with Pack of Akafi for like feel like a few five minutes and then just leave. It added absolutely nothing to the entire show, but it, really it was like it, it made me laugh. So I guess kudos but for honestly, that. Honestly, it probably was the best part of the show. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I've seen Pat McAfee dancing with Nakamura a lot lately, but yeah. I don't blame him. It's fun. It is fun. Dude. I just love it. So that's what basically that was. It was the basically same three past weeks of just randomness for Shinsuke Nakamura and Boogs. Haven't really done anything with them. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm glad they're getting screen time because WWE has the bad habit of when they don't have anything, they don't put them out there. Yep. So that tells you how they feel yeah. about the pairing. And then uh, the tag titles are on the line in a hardcore match between the Usos and the Street Profits. And, you know. I almost called them Private Party, but. <laughs> ooh. <laughs> yeah, they, they're... Very similar teams. They are. Yeah, they're, they're fun-loving teams. And they quite... can fly, both, both teams oh, can yeah. fly around. Oh yeah, especially Montez Ford. That guy oh my gosh. is amazing. Montez Ford is probably probably the breakout star of that team, in my opinion. He has to be because he's so athletically gifted. He's he's so talented in general. Yes, and he can sell. Yeah, he, he can sell. He can do anything in the ring that you would want to do, and he's got charisma for days. He does. He's going to be a future world champion. And I don't think there's a question about it. Yeah, but in terms of this uh, tag title match, I mean, it was solid. It's good in terms of what you want in a hardcore tag team title match. Uh, you know, people going through tables, chair spots, you name it, they got it. Very standard. Uh, the Usos retained. So, yeah, just kind of just similar past three weeks of Usos and, um, yeah, I almost said it again, Street Profits, the Street Profits putting on a solid match. I mean, if we want to talk about similar in the Usos, later on in the show we'll be able to talk about that for too long. I yes. mean, come on. <laughs> yes. And then... Uh, was it 
Becky and Sasha Banks going at it, or was it the contract signing first? Contract signing first, I believe. I must, I must say yes. Because I know yeah. at one point there was, like, because they didn't have 30-minute commercial, you could see Adam Pierce just running out there getting the table set up for the contract <laughs> signing, which was funny. Oh, Adam Pierce, the real authority figure, the real boss doing his own job, yep. getting the table out. I thought he'd have somebody do that for him. That yep. tells you how good of a boss he is. It was funny because usually we don't see them setting up, you know, the contract signing and commercial. But, like, we, when you're in the crowd, obviously, you see what's happening. So this was with seeing what's happening on TV. It, it was yeah. great. I liked it. Um, so Lesnar and Reigns, um, I think it was probably one of the better contract signings because we always know how these things end. Someone going through a table. No one went through yeah. a table. And, uh, you know, Lesnar was like, oh, yeah, I read the contract with my uh, advocate, Paul Heyman, this morning. And just it planted the seeds. It worked. Heyman selling it. I, I love this storyline so much, and I love that Brock is getting mic time again, and he's doing so well with it. Is we're used to Brock kind of doing a little yeah. something embarrassing, maybe his voice cracks. No, nah, this is just Brock being Brock. Yeah, yeah. let him be himself. Yeah, and then uh, after that, uh, Brock kind of went up and left. Did great. Further along with the segment, solid segment. I liked it. And then, uh, Becky and Banks. We got a full match out of them. I was surprised we got a full match out of them. And it was amazing. I mean, those two have a chemistry that is just special. Like, Charlotte and Sasha had that chemistry up until they started overdoing it every month. This is fresh again because they both haven't been around for a while. and They haven't wrestled each other in a while, which feels like either. And it it shows that they're still leagues above everybody. I mean, maybe people were thinking, well, Becky in a full match. Yeah. Made a little rust. No, 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 no. No. Not even close. Becky, Becky's legit as a uh, a women's wrestler. Sasha's legit as a women's wrestler. I mean, the only one who's not really legit in this storyline is Bianca Belair because she she's great in ring, great worker, but she just cannot talk. Oh, she's being put in a. This is what I would call no wrestler's land, where you're between two charismatic, great promos, and you just haven't got that polish yet. Yeah. She has had a good promo in her past. She's had a few decent ones. Yeah. But she's not a polished product in terms of promos yet. Yeah, she's not. She's very green when it comes to promos, and that's something they definitely got to work on with her. But she's, like I said, great in-ring talent, great worker, tremendous strength in-ring. She's great, and I love the things she does with the hair, how she hits her opponents with her hair, too. It's a nice little element. So. Yeah. And to be honest, I think that will come with time. But right now it's being a little bit highlighted as a weakness. Yes, it very much is because she's basically being featured as a main event star right now. So that was SmackDown. It was kind of just up and down with the weirdness. I would definitely probably say, what, five and a half, six and a half out of ten. I'd agree with that. I mean, it wasn't for a go-home SmackDown especially because this was a go-home show for Crown Jewel. It was a little weak, to be honest, but it's not like it was unwatchable or anything. Yeah, definitely a weak show. Um, Rampage. Um, definitely the buy-in was great with Minoru Suzuki. I don't think anyone cared about the Bobby Fish Lee morality match, but yeah, <laughs> Minoru Suzuki and Daniel Bryanson. The only issue was this: it was it was on the buy-in. If they put Seidel and Punk, and then Minoru and Danielson, or flip-flopped them in between the thirty minutes that they overlapped, Rampage would have destroyed SmackDown right then and there. I I feel like for what. I watched Danielson and Suzuki was just at, I was speechless the yeah, whole time. It was great. Like me right now, looking back at, it, I'm just thinking about everything I saw. That match was amazing. The thing is, I know why they did it the way it is. 
That was the hardcore match. That yes. was the dream match. CM Punk was meant to steal fans from SmackDown. Yes. Now, Danielson and Suzuki, I think it still was stole some fans, but Punk's a different story where he just does that. Yeah. He steals the demo fans, while Danielson and Suzuki was always going to get the YouTube views no matter Definitely. what. But it made it more exciting going in. The crowd was so hot after the that. The crowd was really hot after it. So I, d- I did agree with the placement of like Suzuki and Danielson going before. Uh, Punk inside L because, like you said, got the crowd hot. It's going to get him even more hot when, you know, dun 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 dun, dun, dun and then Cult of Personality is playing, and then it's clobbering time, and the place just goes wild for Punk every time. But, it, uh, without fail. Yeah. And, and that match was pretty good, too. It, it was. It, I was impressed with Matt Seidel. Yes. Because, you know, he was he's kind of been overlooked since he went to AEW. And yes. he stood out in this match, really. He was the, he almost pulled out yes. the shooting star press again, and everyone was kind of going, he'd finally hit it in AEW. Yeah. So and my one issue with this match is it's another cold match for Punk. It's starting to become feeling a little normal because you had it with Daniel Garcia and then Hobbs, really. Like, we need to get him into a program here. Yeah, he needs he needs he a storyline. He doesn't need the belt. He doesn't need a main event program because he's punk. Yeah, he just needs to get into a program. Yeah, he's been in, in a bunch of matches where it's clear he wants to work with the young talent, yes. but he's not getting a story with the young talent since Darby. And Darby wasn't exactly a story. It was CM Punk announces he's returning against yes. Darby Allen. That's yeah. the story. That was a story. But he needs one where. I liked it if it was ongoing with Team Taz, but it ended after Hobbs. I feel like it needed the. I feel like it shouldn't have been Hobbs. It should have been Ricky Starks because Starks oh, is yeah. a great worker. Absolutely, and, and CM Punk could have. You could do a lot with CM Punk and Team Taz because I. I still loved when Taz got up off a of commentary yes. and said, "Don't you talk about Team Taz? I haven't said anything about Team Taz. What are you talking and about?" And then basically, Punk buried him under mic. <laughs> yeah. I, I love that story. It had so much potential, yep. but I feel like it should have been continued from Hobbs to Starks. Yes. Um, I believe uh, another one thing I had one small issue with, uh, Excalibur said, you know, uh, I believe I believe it was Matt, uh, Matt's, no, Punk survived Matt Seidel. That was, you should have said Matt Seidel gave it his all, but yeah. came up just short. Yeah, you could you could push. Uh, you'd really do better in terms of pushing Matt Seidel with your uh, lines yeah. there. Because you don't want to make Punk look like a fool, being like he wasn't prepared for this match. And I mean, Seidel had a great strategy for the match. It made it seem like Punk was getting gas because Seidel was just going <laughs> two hundred miles an hour. Uh, I mean, yeah, you could say that Matt Seidel pushed the pace so yes. well. Because he did in yeah. terms of the story of the match. That was a great story. High flyer. He's quick. He's it, which yep. You could have done this with Darby, really. You could have done any of this, especially yes. Darby, because it was his first match back. But it's showing a more grounded style in AEW now, yep. which I've understood, which this was shocking to me. Jim Cornette said that Dynamite was better. Yeah. Which every time, or Rampage was better, and every time I hear Jim Cornette yep. complimenting AEW, it's a sign that they're doing a lot right. Because they're he, doing art, because Cornette is really, really critical of AEW. And he, they, they have a lot of talent that Cornette just does not like, Yes, which it impresses me that they're able to ma- overcome that and yes. say, you know what, Jim, we're still going to give you a show you like to watch. Yep, I believe, uh, I, I know a couple of talents he doesn't like. He doesn't like Marco Stunt. Yeah. Uh, does not like Luchasaurus. Doesn't like Kenny Omega. D- okay, yeah, Kenny Olivier is what he calls him. Yeah. <laughs> but, but definitely, uh, Cornette is actually giving props to AEW. He talked about how he did like the Danielson and, not the Danielson, the 
uh, Seidel and Punk match. He did not like the Danielson and Suzuki match. I'm surprised he didn't. Oh, uh, I guess I'm not. He's never. He's not been into the big Japan style. And then yes. some of the spots I could see were his old school storytelling. You yes. probably didn't like them trading strikes like they're not even trying to dodge them. Yeah, that's the one thing I was like. It definitely plays to the smart audience there. Yeah, I think it was definitely. I thought it made sense because they're trying to prove who's tougher. Yes, they're gonna hit each other. With everything they got. Why do I need to dodge it? You yep. can't hit me hard enough to put me down. Yep. And I do feel like this is kind of like a uh, kind of Suzuki uh, last tour type of deal. He's coming up on the stage to kind of just finishing his rounds because he is up there in age right now. Yeah, he, and he's an icon, and I think it's it's amazing how the fans have treated him as mm-hmm. such. And I, I think when he goes back, he's gonna go back to Japan because I think. That's going to be the real farewell tour is when yes. he goes back. Yes. And those fans are going to give him everything because yep. he's given them everything. Yep. And next uh, up on that, follow that, was The Bunny in Ruby Soho. This match was, I liked it. I, I did like it, but it left a little bit because you know what it was competing yeah. against. Yeah. But. I mean, I didn't. I didn't watch this match. I kind of just turned it back to SmackDown. Not yeah, gonna lie. I, I and I can't blame you for that because that was the star power. The star yeah. power is on SmackDown, but like, there's something about when Ruby Soho comes out in AEW that just everything was lacking in WWE. She yeah. feels like a star yeah. when she comes out, and you know she was going to win, and you know she was going to get attacked afterwards. Yes, because that's just the way things go in AEW. That's the fun of it. Yeah. And also, I do love the running gag of Taz always singing along to her theme song because yep. it is a infectious theme song. Yes, very much is. Um, I think just the comments from there, Ruby Soho looked good. Uh, just furthers the story along with her and uh, Penelope Ford and the bunny. Does what it does, worked. So that's just solid there in terms of just making it work furthering along a feud. Yeah, and it's not like it had to be rivaling the competition's yes. match because that's the main event of that show. Yep. Ruby So and the Bunny did great in the slot they were in. Yep, and then next up, uh, Inner Circle took on, um, I believe it was Men of the Year and Junior Santos, and Jericho got ragdolled in this match at the start. Oh, man. yeah. I mean, Jericho is just getting pummeled. He is. And it, 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 this was obviously set up for one hot tag that we all saw, and it was yep. amazing when it happened. Yep. Sammy Guevara, as usual. Yep. I mean, Sam, Sammy's doing good. He's definitely still needs to get better in in-ring work in terms of not being, you know, dominated, obviously. But that's in singles, obviously. But uh, tag team, he's great in a tag team. Yeah, and I, I want to point out that Junior Dos Santos looked pretty decent for his first ever match. I want There is one big critique everyone had, and I, I share it. His punches yes. look fake because and i understand why he is a heavyweight who was known for his heavy hands yes and became a heavyweight we, champion yeah, professional fighter who's like oh now you gotta pull those lad he's not gonna know right away yeah and he did a good job of basically trying to hold back but also he looked like he wanted to be there he was yes. loving it no one takes a table bump in their first yep. match and he took it hard he took it almost wrong and it was but you could tell he loved every second of it yep and then i believe uh Jorge Masadov got a knee in there on Jericho, I believe it was. Yeah. And then that kind of ended the match, and then it kind of just set up for the next night on Dynamite of the Inner Circle and the American Top Team kind of going more into feud. I I really want to know where this is going because this can be a five-on-five feud. Yes. It can be, but I'm not sure they're going to go that direction because uh, as much as I want to say I want to see Masvidal and Jericho, 
I don't think Masvidal can. He's got a fight coming up. I don't think he can have a match. Yeah, yep, uh, but we'll see what happens there. But before we get into the Dynamite uh, recap, let's talk a little bit of a return to New Japan. Yeah, New Japan Pro Wrestling, they were in the G1 Climax, which is, of course, a huge deal in Japan yes. every year. And I, Danielson wants to run it one day. I want to see that. Yeah, everyone wants to see that. Yeah. Imagine him and Kazuchika Okada. Oh, it'd be absolutely final. nuts. It'd be <laughs> insanity. Uh, Katsuyori Shibata, after four years, actually had an exhibition match with Zack Sabre Jr. And this was kind of a surprise out of nowhere. Zack Sabre Jr., that's a good worker, too. Oh, absolutely. And it was a very good, a very amazing, like, worked match. It was very submission-based. It was only five minutes, and Shibata still has it. It's clear he still has it, and he wants to have another match. He said, yeah. next time you see me, it is going to be in a match. Yeah, I try to keep track with the New Japan guys. I never really heard of Shibata before. I looked him up before the show today, and I didn't realize he's just such a veteran and icon over there. I mean, he's 41 years old. He still has it. Yeah, and, and it was very, very sad how he had almost lost his career at a subdural uh, hematoma after a match. And it was because of headbutts, which gotcha. I have my reservations about seeing headbutts in matches. Like when you headbutt the steel post, it makes me kind of cringe. Yes. And it, it, that messed him up. And it took a lot away from his career, but he's back. People thought he'd never wrestle again. Yeah. And it looks like he's on his road to a return, a full-time return in New Japan. All righty. So uh, that was a good, nice little return there for New Japan. And right before we get into the Dynamite recap, we are going to take a short break here. And uh, when we come back, we will be recapping Dynamite, talking some notables from Raw, uh, and talking about Crown Jewel. So we'll see you on the other side. A delicious power breakfast. Great way to start the day. I'm Brandon Anthony. And I'm Keegan Harvey. Make sure to tune in every Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. to listen to me. And me on our new show, Breakfast of Champions. Here on KCOU Sports, KCOU 88.1 FM. Look at me. Busy as a bee, where'd I get all this energy? Oh, man, mm, man. I don't sleep and I don't eat, but I've got the cleanest house on the street. Oh, man, mm, man. Get these hairs all out of my face. Get these bugs all out of my place. One more hit, no time to waste. Oh, man, mm, man. <laughs> Hello, we are back here at the episode two of Concerto. We're going to talk about AEW Dynamite now from this uh, past Saturday night. It's on a Saturday because of MLB playoffs. And we're just going to get right into it. Uh, right off the bat, Dante Martin, Malachi Black, great, solid match. Yeah, it's exactly what we expect out of those two. We expected a very solid match. It went honestly about how I expected. And the nice rub to Dante Martin yes. where Malachi Black basically kind of showed some respect, mm -hmm. which is in line with his character too. Yeah. I definitely like young Dante Martin going up against uh, Malachi Black. I mean, Dante Martin's a great worker. Still obviously green in some aspects, but that's what you're going to get with a 20-year-old wrestler. Um, one uh, one thing, uh, I was listening to Cornette's show. He was talking about how Dante should slow down a little because, you know, he's a 20-year-old wrestler. Don't want to, like, basically take all these bumps and then screw up your body to your mid-30s but he's it's just so amazing i don't know how he 
should slow down. That's the one thing. That's the one problem. You don't want him to. Yeah, I understand what Cornette's saying, and I feel like that is him knowing how much money you can get from a Dante Martin yes. run. But it, it, it's, that's the style now. Yes. A lot of guys go fast, and they keep going fast, and a lot of these guys can't hold up. I mean, Matt Seidel's held up pretty yes. well in his late career. So I understand it, but I think I'll disagree a little bit with him. For now, this is what makes him special, yep. that he's able to look this good at 20. If you slow him down, you kind of take away a little bit of that. Yeah, that's that's my point. I mean, um, he had a trios match, I believe, with the Seidel brothers, and it was up against the Kenny and the Bucks, I believe. It was not the. It was before the first episode of Rampage, and he showed out in that match. And I was like, "Who is Dante Martin?" And he just shows that in every match. Yeah, and it shows the future. Like it, when you bring in a lot of the guys in AEW, you think that the stars are always going to be the Bucks, Kenny Omega, the older guys. Yeah. But you got a lot of young talent there that is being able to be showcased, like Dante Martin, like Darby Allen. Yes. These guys are the future, and they've, they're able to show it, and you can tell when they feel like a guy is really ready. He's not on dark or elevation. Yep. He's on TV. He is on Dynamite, and he's facing a tremendous talent like Malachi Black. That's, uh, that tells you how they feel about him. Yep, I mean, I believe, is he on the four pillars of uh, Dynamite or AEW shirt? I believe it's MJF, Darby's um, on there. Darby, Jungle Boy, and then it's someone else. But I believe that fourth person should be Britt Baker because I, it should be. It, it should be Britt should Baker. Be. But I know she's not on the shirt. Good, that was one of her complaints on Twitter I recently. Mean, I mean, I think Britt Baker will be have her many shirts of her own. She yeah. is as good as it gets when yep. it comes to women's wrestling. Yep, Britt Baker, DMD. Every I mean, time, she's, just, she's getting better. She's just getting better. It, it, and honestly, I'm glad they went full heel. I remember when she first started with AEW. Yes. She was a face, and it was just falling flat. Yeah. All right. Now we got, um, uh, I believe after that was the Super Elite beating up the Jurassic Express. Um, Jungle Boy was like, oh, you know, he was mentioning the botched triple power bomb on Luchasaurus from the week before. And right after, just, you know, the heels came in and beat him up and then put Luchasaurus to a table. I mean, honestly, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I like it. I mean, what do you want the super elite to do? They're they're mean, bad guys who are arrogant. Of course, they're gonna beat them yep. up. <laughs> yep. The only thing is, if we can get rid of Brandon Cutler and Nakazawa, just get rid of them, please. <laughs> I mean, I feel like Brandon Cutler is really good if you need a guy who needs to get beat up and you don't want to sacrifice the rest of the guys. Yeah. I get that. But um, Elis looks like a tool in there. He and does. I, I, I appreciate it because it makes sense for being the elite, I guess. He's the I cameraman guess. after all. But that's not for a TV audience who doesn't watch being the elite. He sticks out like a sore thumb. He does. And a stupid face mask, too. <laughs> Gosh. And then uh, Inner Circle and uh, America's top team, American top team. And they had a little war awards, Jericho and Dan Lambert, you know. Can't repeat what Jericho said, obviously. Yeah, he has a nice nickname for Dan. It's kind of funny every time he does it. but yep. um, Gets the crowd hot for it. Definitely. Oh, yeah, they love it. Um, but th- th- those two are gold on the mic, and it surprised me when Dan Lambert was that good. But, yes. Yeah, he's that good. I mean, you know what you're getting from Jericho, but Dan Lambert's playing great. Yeah. And then I think yeah, that did set up. It's basically going to set up in the future of Junior DeSantos with Jorge Masvidal and the American top team taking on the inner circle. Yeah, and I can't wait for that because I am interested. Masvidal can play a great heel. I can guarantee yes. you that. And Junior Dos Santos, I, 
he's a little bit iffy because I don't think he's ever going to convince me he's a bad guy. Yeah. He seems like a guy who's just having the time of his life right now. So Very much. Let Masvidal handle the heel work there. And then we had the Lucha Bros versus Conquistadores 25. <laughs> I am so happy they didn't treat us like idiots during this match. <laughs> Everyone, uh, even Punk pointed it out. He was like, is that FTR under those bags? I was so happy that they just immediately went, we're not going to play like this yeah. is a mystery. Yeah. I mean, I liked it. It was a great clash of styles. I mean, it kept Lucha Bros very grounded. And, not you know, they still hit their spots, but it just didn't wear out the crowd as much as you think it would, which is great for the rest of the show. Yeah, and, uh, I mean, that's what FTR has always been great at. They will ground the high flyers, no flips, just fist, and, yep. I mean, that's a big giveaway when they're under the mask. Yep. <laughs> you're here a luchador who's never done a flip. Yep, it's, it's like having a luchador from Alabama. It just doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Fuego. Fuego the soul. Uh, but, uh, yeah. I mean, I liked FTR getting the AAA tag titles. Um, their bookings got a lot better this past uh, several months compared to the previous year that they were in AEW. Yeah, and I, I'll be interested to see if they're going to... I'd imagine they're going to go down to Mexico and defend the belts. Yes. And that'll be very interesting. I wonder how those crowds will react to these two guys who just refuse to engage in lucha activity. Yep. But uh, that... that? Uh, that's going to be interesting to see when they go down there and face that kind of different style. Definitely. Um, I believe next up on the card was Leo Rush basically saying, I'm going to be your new tag team partner, Dante Martin. I kind of, Martin's like, what? Okay, I guess. I mean, it, that, this is basically going to be Martin's first program. Yeah, and, and I mean, Leo Rush is his first real program in AEW Maybe he doesn't now. retire again. Yeah, hopefully, I hope not. <laughs> yeah. He's very talented. I like his promos. I like the little uh, money gimmick he's going with. Yeah. It's pretty fun. So I think that uh, this is going to be a great program for Dante. I feel like it's going to be one of those odd couples yes. where he's not fully into it, though. Yeah, especially when uh, Darius comes back from injury, uh, Dante's brother. So that's going to be a nice little wrinkle to that. So I like to see where it goes from here. And then... What, after that, Moxley just, poor Wheeler, dude. I mean, Moxley's getting more and more ruthless, and I'm liking it. because what Poor is, Wheeler, Yuta, man. Wheeler, Yuta deserved better, I'd say. but when He got you, squashed. When you get put up against John Moxley, I feel like that's kind of the appropriate thing yeah. to do, though. Because if you're going to go with the heel run, he's got to be ruthless and beating the absolute yeah. you-know-what out of people. I, I think the one thing he has to do is just stop entering through the crowd if they're going to do this heel run. Yes, right. yes, absolutely. He can't be the crowd's guy. He needs yeah. to be, I don't care what you think. I don't care if you think I'm mean, nasty, don't care, going to yep. beat up your favorite guy. Yep, and that's what he basically did there. He won. Um, just I thought it was a weird booking decision to bury Willa Yuta, but basically Willa Yuta is just there until... Um, I believe it's who Trent Taylor's back for the best friends. Uh, I or think it's just Chuck? I think it's Trent with the question mark. It's, it's, his it's, name's weird. Yeah, I believe it's Trent. Yeah, he's got he's out with injury. Chuck Taylor's still around oh, yeah, right Taylor. now. Yeah, I confuse the two sometimes. I can't blame you. They're very interchangeable. They're very, they are, but that's basically poor Wheeler Yuta. Um, then the Dark Order versus the Super Click. Um, that was just fun. It was fun. Evil Uno. 
yeah. pulling out Mr. Sacco. Oh, that was that was an amazing moment. And then the uh, hot tag John Silver. John Silver's the best hot tag in AEW because every time he John just, Silver looks great. He just runs people over. Yes. It's kind of he's just a small guy, but he's built like a he's built like a tank. He's a tank. Yeah. Yeah. And I love the spot where you know the Adam Cole yes. spot has him in there, and the oh, Bucks the, usually give him the give kiss, kiss on the cheek. And instead, it was John Silver and Alex Reynolds. Yeah. And I love the rub to it on their being elite episode. The stolen kiss was the yeah. name of the title. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, I, I liked it. It was funny. It was a nice little comedy segment match. Um, I, Jim Cornette complained about it, obviously. He's like, man, poor Adam Cole. I'm like, no, Adam Cole's loving this. Of course, of course he did, because this is exactly the match he would complain about. Yes. I, I, if you know Jim Cornette, then of course you knew he was gonna. And you yeah. can't blame the man. This is how he's always been. Yeah, but uh, you know, it was just solid. It was just solid. Nice little comedic, uh, comedic relief there in that match, especially with the stolen kiss. <laughs> Next was uh, Cody Rhodes just getting absolutely buried by his wrestling school. I love that one. Art Anderson in this entire uh, like story has been gold. <laughs> hey, Cody, you can come back to the gym. Here's a caveat. We're going to have them beat you down yeah. over and over Dude, again. <laughs> this elevated Red Velvet, she slapped him and oh, it elevated it was, her. It was brutal, too. That was a heck of a slap. Oh, man. Red Velvet. I'm more excited to see her in the ring now to actually slap Cody Rhodes. Yeah, I mean, uh, granted, I think a it's lot of... because I don't like Cody Rhodes, but... Oh, uh, yeah, a lot of fans, I think, uh, felt that. They were kind of like, yeah, you slap him. Do I want to do that. Yeah. Do, it, do it three more times. Yeah. But, man, I'm just loving this stuff with Arn Anderson. It's classic Arn. It's just showing Cody. <laughs> they are trying so hard with Cody, but... This new generation is getting the full Arn Anderson uh, experience, and yes. it's beautiful. I love it. Um, then uh, after that was kind of just a throwaway segment with MJF, be like, oh, count out Darby Allen," and then Sting's like, okay, I'm going to come in, do the save, hit Wardlow with the bat, run off MJF, standard. When they turn Wardlow face, it's going to be a great moment. It feels like it's overdue now, though. Yes. I mean, at some point, this man has pushed you in front of so many people only for you to get your, like, ribs crushed in. I'd be annoyed. I'd be yeah. really annoyed by now. I feel, I feel, poor MJ. Uh, poor MJ. Uh, poor Wardlow just gets insulted by MGF every week. It, it's, it just takes it. I don't get it. I'm, it does. Like, it, I know it's coming. We all know it's coming. Yes. It's just when. Yeah. And then next up was Kiera Hogan, Penelope Ford. I mean, it was just there for Ford to get the win and... Kind of just further that feud with Ruby Soho because she ran in after. Had the most awkward joke in the world by CM Punk on commentary. Yes. I sat there for a second and went, okay, <laughs> someone get him off commentary so before he gets someone Hogan's. in trouble. Is he related to Hulk Hogan? Yeah. yeah she I feel like that's what everyone thinks when you hear the last name Hogan. Yeah. I mean, it's very, uh, in some ways it's unfortunate for some people who don't like Hulk Hogan at this yeah. point. And then uh, after that was... Fiery, probably Hangman Adam Page's best promo in AEW. This was the greatest promo I have heard he was in AEW. It was real. It explained the cowboy, I'm not going to say the word, but cowboy mantra of his. And it's just, honestly, he's over. I still want the belt on him. This was the culmination of oh, a couple years now of storytelling where he finally has the confidence to say he's ready to go take the title. Yep. And that was all we needed to hear as fans to say, we're ready, put the belt on him. Yep. That's all it took. And, and um, it went right into the main event after that with uh, Danielson and Bobby Fish. And this, talk about technical wrestling between two guys. This was it. Especially the ending. The ending was great. 
Oh, it was amazing. And it shows this is my favorite part about Danielson and AEW. He doesn't have just one finisher. Yeah. He can take you out in so many ways. This time it was a heel hook. Which... I love this. Like, I love this side of Danielson. We never saw this in WWE. It was either the yes lock or the running knee. We got cattle mutilation, the heel hook, you name it. It's all there. It was all there. And I'm so happy that he's going to really showcase his submission wrestling that yes. people probably forgot about because this was this used to be Daniel or Brian Danielson that's so tough yeah. I mean he you talk about before he went to WWE he was considered one of the greatest of all time just based on his indie work yeah and people thought how can he get himself over though well apparently really easily he got over in the most massive way and he's now combined the two here yes it's great I love it um Danielson uh, like I said, I want Heyman Page to have the belt, but how do you not put the belt on Danielson next with Omega? Because he's in the tournament, and he's likely going to win it. It's so tough not to do it, right? I mean, I want Cassie to win a tournament, but he's probably going to go out to Moxley in the semis. So you're going to have Moxley and Danielson in the finals? That is going to be – That is, I can't wait for I know it's predictable. The tournament looks predictable. Yes. But it also just looks like – Okay, but we're getting dream match at the end of it. Yes, we are. So that's uh, that. Any what? It, any other takeaways from this show? I, I, not, not any big takeaways. It's just, I'd say that the tournament being announced felt low key, really low key. Yeah, I thought it would be a much bigger deal, and it kind of just I for, I missed it. I felt like yeah, definitely. Um, after that, um, any notables from Raw before we hop into Crown Jewel? Hey, let's uh, have a match with Charlotte. That's the main event and end Whoa. it in a disqualification. Never heard of that one before, guys. Oh, yeah. I wonder why Raw's ratings keep falling. I don't know. Yep, I yep. just didn't even get to see like a definitive ending ever. Yeah. How about the 24-7 16-time uh, world champion, R-Truth, getting Jeff Hardy another match against Austin Theory for the fourth time in a row this past week? I mean, at least it puts in, like, now it's in canon that R-Truth and Jeff Hardy hang out and are friends, apparently. Apparently they are. Um, I- I'm okay with that, I guess. They were in TNA together in 2004, so I guess yeah, that would make sense. I guess sense. they are best friends. We never knew about it. I guess they're real best friends. Might as well just say Matt didn't exist and he's his brother now. I don't yep, know. I might as well. Um, you know, Jeff Hardy just gets screwed over again with terrible booking. Um, he did stand strong at the end, taking a picture. It was kind of just found a little meme set of what was on the phone. <laughs> but, uh, poor Jeff. The real problem with the selfie to me was Paige Van Zant literally did that a few days beforehand. Yep. I know that Austin Theory had <clears throat> done it before that, but it was kind of like, well, that timing, it doesn't look good. <laughs> yeah, but just nothing notable from Raw outside of the... That's why we'll never recap for all. It's just a torture to watch. Because you turn it off and then turn it back on and you turn it off. You just can't. If you sit through three-hour Raw with the other choices you have on a Monday, I, I, I don't know what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, heck, Monday Night Football was a lot better than Raw this past week. It could be Jaguars versus Lions, and it'd be better, it feels yeah. like. and both teams could be playing for the number one pick. So yeah. that's how... Um, that was, but before we get into the end of the show, recapping Crown Jewel, we're going to get into a small little break. Saturday in Columbia is KCOU Sports Saturday. Tune in right here on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia for all-day sports talk starting at 9 a.m. Cap off your sports Saturday with coverage of Mizzou football from the student voice of the Missouri Tigers. 
Don't just Saturday, KCOU Sports Saturday. What does your smile say about you? Are you happy, confident, friendly? Getting and keeping that smile takes work. Proper brushing and flossing daily and drinking fluoridated water. Fluoridated water has been in use for 75 years and is considered the most safe, equitable, and cost-effective way to prevent tooth decay. A healthy smile means a healthy person and a healthy community. For more information, visit health.mo.gov. A message from the Missouri Department of Health and Senior Services. Welcome back to the final, I guess, uh, 10 minutes of Concerto here. And uh, got a lot to talk about what went down this past Thursday at Crown Jewel. Yeah, I mean, this show, uh, let's say, let's hold, I guess, the overall review, I guess, for the end. Yes, um, it had some ups, had some downs, definitely. I mean, with these type of overseas shows, you're going to have some ups, have some downs. There were some moments in there where you kind of sat there and went, why is this happening? Yes, let's talk about the good things first. Uh, let's talk about the opener. Um, it was a nice way to start up, warm up the crowd with the Usos beating the Hurt Business. I mean, I wish they would have had a little bit more of a story um, going into it, but it did what it did. Um, just kind of good opening. Warm up the crowd a little bit before Edge and Seth Rollins. There's one complaint I have. It feels like... <laughs> Why, 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 why did this match happen? <laughs> yeah, like, no, there was no story involved. It was just like, I guess Vince was like, oh, crap, we need an, we need an opener for Edge and Seth Rollins because we don't want to open with that. Usos, hurt business, get out there, go. Yeah, I was like sitting there thinking to myself, if Roman and Lashley were facing off of this pay-per-view, that makes sense, but that's yeah. not what happened. That's not what happened at all. Yeah, and that's not what happened at all. So that's, uh, you know, they did give us a good match for a warm-up, but yeah. Next was uh, Edge and Seth Rollins and Hell in a Cell. This match was a classic, and this feud deserved Hell in a Cell, and that's why this tied it up too. It it did, it really did, and I do feel like they should still be on separate brands because them being on Raw together is still awkward. It's like they just got through Hell in a Cell, and they're still ignore each other now, basically. Yeah, basically. I mean, I especially love the ending with the story of Edge basically dropping submission and hitting Rollins with a curb stomp of his own. I mean, that goes to the story of Edge getting threatened with the curb stomp because of his neck issues, and then Edge doing it himself to end this feud. Yeah, it was really poetic, and it, it this match did justice to the feud. It did. It really did. It was a great payoff, great blow-off for the feud. I liked it, and what followed it was, I think, in terms of proper booking, it was the right match to follow it, but you just can't follow up that match. No, you can't. Every, whoever was coming next was destined to fail. Yep, and uh, it was on poor Mansoor and Mustafa Ali. You know, Mansoor picked up the win because, you know, he's from Saudi Arabia. He's the, basically home country hero. That's basically what it was for. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, it was a fine match because these two were very talented, too. But after coming off of that, you're not going to have that same oomph. Yeah, you're not. And then the post-match was just... Uh, as an American who has no idea what was going on, it was weird. I'm sure for the Saudi Arabian audience, this was amazing yeah. seeing your karate silver medalist coming out and just <laughs> yep. just destroying Mustafa Ali. But I didn't know who that was. Neither did I. And I, I, they said his name. I've forgotten it. <laughs> that Me is too. how. Uh, and you know what? For the audience you're in front of, I'll allow it. I won't yeah. complain about it. Yeah, that's a, just how it went. 
Um, after that, we got RK Bro. Woo, RK Bro. Don't like Matt Riddle. And taking on almost an AJ for the 955 millionth time. I'm so sick of both of these tag teams' existence. Me too. Uh, you're kind of wasting Randy Orton and AJ Styles here, I feel. Yeah. Every time. Every time. Every time. Every time. I mean, that's what we're wasting, too, at this point between these two tag teams. And honestly, I mean, you want Amos. He still needs to get protected by Styles, similar to what Nash did back in the 90s with Shawn Michaels, but that's just how it's going. Yeah. Um, that. I'll be honest. That match, I just could not pay attention to because we've seen it so much. And why do I need to see it again? Yeah. But um, I, I think it was just to move on to the show, really. Um, Selena Vega won the Queen's Crown. Was not expecting her to beat Dewdrop whatsoever, so. It did, uh, none of this makes sense to me. This entire tournament didn't make sense. It lasted a total. Show made sense. It lasted a total of 19 minutes and 24 seconds. The entire tournament, 19 minutes and 24 seconds. Yep. For everybody keeping count at home. It was not utilized well. It was, it was just bad. It was bad. And then um, after that, we got our favorite guy, Goldberg. This match didn't – this surprised me. It wasn't awful like I thought it would be. It was actually pretty watchable. See, I turned it off at, at Goldberg's entrance. I was like, no. Yeah, I, I don't blame you because that's honestly what I was thinking I'm about sick doing. i Goldberg. I honestly am. Yeah, and he got the win. Just, just putting that out there. I don't know why he got the win. The booking yeah. decision sucks. But the match itself, surprisingly, was good. Yeah. And uh, definitely, when you have the gimmick of no holds barred, it's going to be good. Obviously, it better. If you're going to give no holds barred and then give me subpar, then man, yeah. you're really failing. Yeah. Uh, after that, Xavier Rhodes, well, not Xavier Rhodes, Xavier Woods beat Finn Balor for King of the Ring. Uh, I guess it's a great moment for Xavier Rhodes after Big E and Kofi having their success. But if anyone needed it more, it's definitely Balor. I think Ballard, he needed it. This was one of those, you understood when it, I at least did, when it got booked, Xavier Woods was going to win because it's been clear, it's one of the, it's the bucket list thing he wanted to do in his career was win King of the Ring. Yeah. So for him to do that, personally, it means a lot to him. So for a company guy like him who does all the out of WWE work with up, up, down, down, good reward, I guess. Good reward. But, but in terms of booking, it doesn't make sense. In terms of booking, yes, because Balor's been booked horribly since his call-up from NXT several years ago outside of the Universal title win. But since then, it's been horrible. And, I mean, they could have further along the whole Prince deal. He's like, you know, I'm not the Prince anymore. I'm the king now. Like, Yeah, when's he, when was the last time he signed an extension? I feel like this might be connected somehow. Just go to AEW, Balor. That's yeah, all you need. Yeah, go be, go be uh, Prince Devitt again. Yep. That, that was your you best work. And then... uh. Becky Lynch beat uh, Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks. Uh, Banks got rolled up with the most devastating move in all sports wrestling. Roll up. Uh, roll up, Nona. I mean, it, come on. It's beating the greats, all of them. All of them. I mean, it, it has. It really has. I mean, the roll up does uh, Becky a win here. And I think it's just time to move on from Belair and Becky and Banks. Who knows what she's going to do. Yeah, it is a good question of what she's going to do, but this was another great match, but again, the ending, I don't want to see a great match ended by a roll-up, you know? Yeah. It's such an anticlimactic way to win. It was a good match, too. It It really was. Yeah. 
But uh, next, finishing out the show, and this one and Crown Jewel, Roman Reigns defeated Brock Lesnar, and I feel like there's more to this feud. There's yes, more. absolutely. They didn't put a bow on it, which was great. This is this is absolutely not finished because the ambiguity of who Paul Heyman was throwing the belt, belt to, to. You know who. You know said. who now. Yeah, it was like he said, "You know what to do with it," and they both wrestled for the belt. At that, you don't know. At that moment, I was going, "Oh, this is a fun ending." Yes. But when the Usos came down, I was like, well, it could have been a fun ending. Well, it could I have mean. been a fun ending. But. Yeah, I mean, the Usos came down, both super kicked uh, Brock Lesnar. Stop me if you've heard this before. And then Roman hits him with the belt. One, two, three, Roman Reigns wins. Yeah, but I feel like we're going to see more, and I feel like it was great not to put the blow off at Crown Jewel because the fans in the States would be really mad that that happened. Yes. And I believe, what's the next pay-per-view now? Oh, boy. I don't even know. But, That's a good question. But, uh, I mean, this kind of just ties up to the past year of the horrible booking decisions of just, I, I mean, it's a reset now. The brands are now basically reset. Uh, we're still going to have this feud because Lesnar's a free agent. So, yeah, before we end up the show, what are you excited to see? What are you excited to see in terms of going now with the brand reset? I'm excited to see, first of all, Gable Stevenson, I don't know when they're going to bring him up. I'm excited to see him. He's yes. a gold medalist wrestler. They're wanting him to be Brock. You know they are. Yeah. Now, do I expect that? No. Brock was special. Brock was special. But Gable Stevenson's one I'm excited to see when he debuts. I don't know when they're going to try that. If they want to do that first after the brand split, that yeah. makes sense, I guess. Um, but outside of that, I'm just... They put so much talent on Raw yet I still can't get excited for it because it's three hours and the storytelling hasn't been good in years. SmackDown's been where our storytelling has been great. I really hope they haven't, like, taken that away from SmackDown by focusing on Raw more because SmackDown's in competition now. SmackDown is. I mean, they're in competition with Rampage, and one thing I'm excited for SmackDown is Jeff Hardy going back to SmackDown with a little shake-up of attitude, he said, a couple weeks ago on Raw, so... See what happens there. But anyways, this has been the second episode of Concerto. We will be back here again next week here on KC02.